Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Inside Sources, the extended edition today. We'll be with you all the way until 3 o'clock when we'll pass the baton to Grant Nielsen, who will uh, guide you safely home on a Friday, uh, getaway Friday. And uh, we're broadcasting live today from Congressman Chris Stewart's fifth annual security conference. So we appreciate you joining us. Uh, We just had a a great conversation with Amanda Bennett from uh, Voice of America. Uh, So interesting, the things that they're doing uh, to get accurate information into places like China, into Venezuela, into a host of other places where you've got struggling democracies uh, like uh, in Turkey and uh, Iraq is another one that's been all over the map in terms of stability. Uh, and so they're doing some some really great work there in uh, a host of different languages, 45 different languages. Uh, they're broadcasting accurate information. Uh, and really interesting, they have a, a great trust rate uh, with those that are listening around the world. So uh, really important stuff there. Uh, we're going to be joined shortly by uh, Congressman uh, Chris Stewart, uh, host of the event today and, and also... Uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy from California, 23rd District. Uh, he is the minority leader in the House, and uh, they'll be uh, joining us here just in a couple of minutes. So stay tuned with us here on KSL News Radio. As always, as we get into the two o'clock hour, we want to know what's on your mind today, and you can always text us on the Utah Community Credit Union text line. That number is five seven five zero zero. Again, five seven five zero zero. Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, here on KSL, we'll share your thoughts, your insight, your ideas, your frustrations with what's going on around the country and here in the great state of Utah. And uh, so stay tuned uh, again all the way till three o'clock today uh, as we move things forward. Uh, if you're just joining us uh, again, we're uh, broadcasting live today from downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, I will say I am broadcasting from a bride's room in the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. Uh, That has to be a first, but we're uh, managing it very well, I think. And uh, all of the fun things that come with live radio today. So we appreciate a little patience uh, with us as well. And appreciate uh, Kylie Neslin and Gustavo back in the studio who are making all the magic buttons fire and work uh, and move us all forward there. Uh, While we're waiting for uh, Congressman Stewart and and, uh, Congressman McCarthy to join us, uh, I want to share just a, a couple of uh, pieces of, of insight. You know, we we often talk about leadership in the country, and we talk about it. It's easy to talk about it politically. We do that a lot. 
Um, we focus on what that leadership is, what it isn't, what it looks like, and often I think we get it wrong. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier in the week this week uh, about a really interesting uh, question that was posed to George Will. Uh, and uh, in, as George Will, as only George Will could do, uh, he said that I think we're confused that we, our politicians as leaders, seem to think that their job is to arouse the passions of the people. When the founders designed it so that the leaders, the politicians, could temper and shape the passions of the people so that they could have a discussion around principle and around policy. And to me, that's the the real art of leadership. And then I think leaders do things that, uh, that others don't. And we're going to talk about these a little bit more uh, when we get uh, towards the uh, last part of the program today. Um, but there are things that leaders do that are different. And sometimes uh, we look at our, our leaders in Washington or we look at leaders of business. And uh, sometimes we kind of shake our heads and say, well, you know, what's what's really going on? And more and more, our, our leaders are spending a, a great deal of time attacking each other or attacking the press uh, attacking communities uh, instead of attacking problems and you always attack problems based on principle and uh, so that's what we're going to talk about that's what uh, really this uh, event today again the fifth annual conference with uh, Chris Stewart the security conference and we're very pleased to be joined now by the minority leader uh, representative Kevin McCarthy from the 23rd district in California uh, Mr. Leader, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's an honor that Chris would have me back. This is my fourth time in his district. Just I was going to talk to him about that say, you know, this is the fourth time. No. <laughs> no, but Chris is an amazing man. I mean, I can't say this enough. Think about the service he gave to this country and now the service he's providing because he's not just a member of Congress. Here he sits on the Appropriation Committee, probably one of the most important committees there, there is in Congress But because it decides where the funding goes. But more importantly, um, I select him to serve on the Intel Committee. And um, there's a lot of things he does there that you'll never know. But um, the knowledge of what he's had being in the service before, the knowledge of what he has going on around America. Um, and anyway, you just see from putting on this conference, he is the best person inside Intel should know because it shouldn't be a partisan committee. And it's really making decisions about our security and safety. Yeah, that a lot. He, he gets to know the secrets. A lot of us will never know. Yeah. And, and it's a good thing we, cause, because we trust him with that. Yes. Yes. Uh. <laughs> That's what you want people like him to be willing to do that. We, we have yeah. a long history of having that. And yeah. So and, he's and, carrying on a tradition. Yeah. And, and really interesting. So many of the uh, the speakers today and uh, those that were part of the panel uh, were all saying, you know, I, I wish more members of Congress would have this kind of forum. Not not political, not white hot rhetoric stuff, but let's have real conversations about real issues. Uh, and there's there's nothing more important than security uh, as a bipartisan. This is about America uh, kind of issue. And I think your uh, leadership uh, provides that as well in terms of what really matters. There are there's a time for the politics. There's a time for all of that. But this is one of those conversations that's about principle uh, and about the American people. Yeah, you know, I, I know we have differences of opinion and families do. But the one thing that unites us all is about being an, uh, being an American, and you try to make the most of that. And also, remember, our government is not designed where one person gets 100% of what they want. You, right. You're going to have to have compromise. You keep your principles, but you find where you get to common ground. And you, you always 
like to work with people that have that understanding. Yeah. The bigot based upon policy. Yeah. So so interesting. I, I did an interview recently with uh, former Senator uh, Joe Lieberman, and he talked about the integrity of compromise, uh, which is something I, I think about when I think of Representative Stewart. And Representative Stewart, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. Uh, a great conference, uh, and really in that spirit of uh, of principle, of integrity, and how do we compromise to make sure that we're secure as a country. Yeah. Well, we just had such fantastic guests. Obviously, the leader who's sitting here beside me now who is, uh, you know, and, and the interesting thing about Kevin when I sit and listen to him as he discusses people with oh, such an incredibly broad range of issues, everything from education to taxes to health care to national security, uh, he, he being in the position he is, he has to be incredibly conversant on all of them. But today we were focused on national security, America's role in the world, and, and looking ahead at the future. And it's interesting to hear Kevin's views on that. Sue Gordon, who is essentially the CEO of the DNI, of, right. of, of the National Intelligence Apparatus. Uh, everyone from the Institute for Peace to the uh, you know, uh, Voice of America. Voice, all yeah. of them had, and, and Boyd, your, your voice there as you were moderating that panel. I mean, all of these people had incredibly important and interesting things to say. And we're just very, very pleased to be able to host them. Okay. Uh, Leader McCarthy, as, as uh, you've come here to this conference, as you've come back several times, uh, what do you wish your colleagues in Washington uh, could learn or take away from a conference like this? First, the benefit of a dialogue. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the benefit to have an open discussion, not just with the problems that are before us today, but the emerging problems. Mm -hmm. Because what can really happen is, if something's emerging, you can solve it ahead of time. If you wait until the problem becomes too big, your options are fewer. Yeah. Um, you know, we're fortunate and so blessed to live in this nation that uh, our forefathers thought of a lot of emerging issues and they were able to solve. But we believe in a more perfect union, so we should continue mm. to be able to have that dialogue together, discuss, and actually measure. Did we improve and or did this work? Should we change the course? History repeats itself. That's why this event, like no other event, is one that people come back to in time and again. Mm -hmm. And so you'll look and you'll measure the things that you thought were going to happen and what we did. Was it successful? Yes. And we look back in history. But then we also look in history of other things that are emerging forward. Can we solve those? Can we make that a, a, a problem go away? Can we put ourselves in a stronger position? That's the thing about security. The world becomes more challenging all the time. Right. But is America in a stronger position to make sure that we are still more secure and we don't have problems? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. If you're just joining us, we have uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, uh, along with Congressman Chris Stewart uh, from the great state of Utah here at the fifth annual security conference uh, put on by Congressman Stewart. Uh, Congressman, I want to go back to you for a minute as, as we talked about this, some of the interesting discussion, the hallway discussions are always the fascinating ones for me in these kinds of conferences. Uh, but it was amazing to me how many people were just really focused on what do we do? What do we do? Or we listened to, uh, to Amanda Bennett from Voice of America, had her join us just a few moments ago. And she talked about, you know, what we need to do to keep democracy moving around the world. Uh, but it really does have to start at home first, right? Yeah. Well, it does, and I think that's a great point, Boyd, and that's one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past and that concerns us, and that is if we stumble at home, uh, 
if the U.S. stumbles, the world crumbles underneath mm. us. I mean, we are in many ways the glue holding the world together. And I'm yeah. not talking about just from a national security perspective, although primarily that. I'm talking about many other ways as well. So the first thing we have to do is protect our own democracy, protect our own our own people, our own culture, and, and convince them that the, this role that we play in the world matters. If we don't lead... And by the way, I get why people sometimes yeah. resist that. I understand why some people are saying, look, I'm tired of it, or uh, you know, it's too expensive, or it, you know, it's just time for someone else. But if we don't lead, Vladimir Putin will. Yeah, President, somebody will. President Xi in, in China will. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of people who are waiting to lead if we don't. And, uh, and, they, and, and we leave the world a much darker place, a much more dangerous place if we're not willing to take on that responsibility. Yeah. Leader McCarthy, you're, uh, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, I'm one of those guys who passionately believes that the, the founders were really just a bunch of entrepreneurs who were, were. tired of being overtaxed, overregulated, and they, just, they wanted to grow their businesses, live their lives, provide for their families. Uh, and I'm one of those guys who believes that it's, it's entrepreneurship that drives freedom and democracy. So from, from your position as the minority leader in the House, what do we need to do to make sure, one, that our entrepreneurs are thriving here in America, but then how do we help other places? It seems like a lot of times our answer to global problems is to to dump money into countries hoping we can prop up a democracy as opposed to build a base for entrepreneurs to thrive and flourish democracies do not work unless you crave them mm. america is more than a country america is an idea for so many times in the history we watch the power of america not not be our missiles not be our tanks but the idea itself mm. it made shipyard workers in poland rise up to something they didn't even understand that crave us when the Berlin Wall came down, uniting two Germanys into one, um, rebuilding after World War II from Japan imperialism to understand entrepreneurship, um, those are the things that are most powerful to us, and that's what the symbolism of why we have to continue further. But when you go into America and you build on regulation, you have a tax code system that gives you a disadvantage, what happens is you're pushing companies to leave America. They're domiciling mm -hmm. in other countries because they're at an advantage. And then if you didn't take that advantage, as a shareholder, you would sue them because they're not using the best interest. Right. Fortunate for us that we actually changed the course of history. That is why today, and the Wall Street Journal had a, a fantastic story, the 99%, where it benefited so many. So your wages are going up. So many times when you want to regulate something, like I, I listen to the Democrats who want to make minimum wage $15 an hour, and one of those new members happens to be uh, AOC. Well, she served, and she, 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 there's nothing against it. I, I, I made sandwiches, and she, she was a bartender. But they, they raised the minimum wage in New York, and where she worked before no longer is there. doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah, but they think one side fits all, and it doesn't. More people have been risen out of property, out of, out of um, poverty based upon the free market enterprise. Yeah. There's been more change in a community based on instead of government telling you what to do. We've found that time and again, and we've got to tell that story, but we also can't have this it's kind of the boiling of a frog, right? It's slowly more regulation and others to pretty soon you don't have the ability mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You can't enter the market. And, you know, I look at these these major companies that started out really small, became very big, but they like regulation now. Why? Because it takes away competition. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I raise this point today. Amazon should have never made it in life because Sears should have been Amazon. That's right. right. That's right. They had the catalog that came to you. They sold you from a house <laughs> to the clothing to a tool. They sold you everything. 
But you know what was great about America? Amazon performed better. Yeah, that's right. And government didn't decide winner or loser. People decided. People did. Yeah, absolutely. Stay with us. We're going to take a, just a quick two-minute break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to go to Congressman Chris Stewart. Again, it's his fifth annual security conference here in downtown Salt Lake City. Great to have Chris Stewart with us along with uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy from the great state of California. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. We're broadcasting live today from Congressman Chris Stewart's fifth annual security conference here in downtown Salt Lake City. Pleased to be joined by the congressman and also by the minority leader, Congressman McCarthy from California. Uh, great to have both of you on the show today. And uh, just as we kind of bring things full circle, uh, Representative Stewart, uh, as you look at this conference, fifth annual now, you, you sort of have. Uh, a pattern. What are some of the, th- the trends? What are some of the things you've seen over the last five years uh, that we should either be thinking about or doing something about? Well, I, I, it'd be interesting to go back and look at how the topics were and compare them with what they're like today. And mm-hmm. one thing that emerged today, and I think Sue Gordon, who is the primary deputy director of the DNI, I think she illustrated this, but so did Leader McCarthy, and that is you can't disassociate national security, intelligence, the military, or frankly, our society in any way from technology. Uh, artificial intelligence, you know, boy, do you remember the moment when you heard, you know, we'd heard about the internet, oh, this cool thing, the internet, <laughs> but do you, do you remember there was a moment when you go, hey, this is going to be something, this is going to be involved in my life, do you remember yeah. that sometime? I, I do. Yeah. Well, most of us do. If you thought about it, you go, yeah, there was a point where I go, yeah, the internet is going to be something. <laughs> I had that moment with artificial intelligence last week, mm. and I realized this is going to be deeply involved with our lives, and not in the next 10 years, but in the next few years to a few months so uh, i think one of the comparisons is you know making that contrast with the with the deep you know whether it's deep fakes whether it's artificial intelligence whether it's quantum computing all of that and how that plays into what we're trying to do here there we go uh so so let me ask you just uh again kind of uh getting to the conclusion point as as you listen to the deputy uh principal today um what what was the main takeaway for you in terms of uh what Average Americans ought to be thinking uh, when it comes to security because it's, it's so it's easy to be sitting at home. Uh, it's easy to just you know yell at the TV because of the political banter that's going on. Yeah. Uh, but there's some real security issues that I think Americans need to wake up and and really understand. Uh, what are those? Well, uh, again, pick one, Boyd. I mean, you want to talk about North Korea? That's certainly a challenge. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Vladimir Putin? 
KGB thug who's uh, dominant in, in Russia. You don't talk about China and the emergence of a very, you know, what was becoming a very, very ambitious country. There's any one of them. I think she had a great analogy. I'll say it really quickly. It's like having a puzzle where you're trying to put it together, except for you don't know what the picture is, and you only got a quarter of the pieces, and you got five minutes to put it together and tell yeah. the president what it means. That's the challenge we have. But look, I'm not doomsday about this at all. We've had huge challenges before. We've gotten through them. We'll get through every challenge before us now. Yeah. Leader MacArthur, we've got uh, just a, a minute or so left. Uh, one of the things that clearly came out of this conference is just this idea, and we saw it on the uh, the stage of the Democrat debate for two nights, uh, things that really sounded a lot like socialism, sounded like ginormous government at minimum, uh, and this tilting towards the left. Uh, what do the Republicans do as the leader of the Republicans in the House? Uh, what has to be done to counter that? What are the conversations that you expect to happen in September when everyone comes back? Well, uh, when I watch that debate, I question if uh, President Obama could win the Democratic primary today. That was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> he, he was criticized the most, and by his own former cabinet members. Right. They said they learned from the past. That was amazing to me. We still talk about Ronald Reagan yeah. and the idea of how he changed the course of history. But what's really happened here is this is not the Democratic Party of old. Mm -hmm. And these new Democrats actually don't call themselves Democrats. They call themselves Socialist Democrats. Yeah. And think for one moment. The idea of open border. The idea that you're going to care more about somebody who's here for health care illegally than for an American themselves. Mm -hmm. The idea that you're going to take away health care to 180 million Americans who currently have it, they can't because government needs to control it. Mm -hmm. Their very first bill, their most important bill, their HR1 was to take $4,000 out of your pocket to give to them to run a campaign, to control the campaign, to run the negative ads. Um, this is scary in the process of where they are. And to see Nancy Pelosi sit down with AOC and say there's no difference between us. Mm. This is a much different battle. Um, I think the battle is going to be socialism versus freedom. Mm. And um, this is kind of, um, you know, like on a schoolyard where somebody gets in a fight and it's broken up at the very beginning. Yeah. They fight after school because they don't know who won. <laughs> this has been brewing for quite some time. Yeah. And um, I think they're going to lose independence. I think they're going to lose Democrats even on it. I, I would be shocked. You you have a um, a new freshman member from Utah, who I think represents a district that probably is not. It's more a Republican district mm -hmm. than a Democrat district. Won by little. I don't understand how he stays in that party. You you can say you vote against them sometimes. It doesn't change the outcome of the bill. But how do you go to conference with them? Right. How do you sitting there watching who's going to be your nominee and they all raise their hand? How do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. The, the only way you can really show it is you have to leave the party. Otherwise, you're one of them. You're part of it. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. Uh, just 30 seconds. Congressman Stewart, uh, wrapping up again, fifth annual uh, convention here. Uh, you've, you've been studying freedom and democracy and socialism for uh, long before you uh, took the oath of office as a congressman. Uh, what's the most important takeaway uh, as it relates to what we need to do to preserve our freedom? Uh, I think it's uh, what I said in my closing comments, and that is people don't know what's true anymore. But we can figure out what's true if you're willing to put in a little bit of effort and a little bit of discernment. Understand what's true. Share what is true. Fight for what is true. And, and don't assume that uh, 
and don't assume that just because you read it somewhere that makes it so. Yeah, fantastic. Really appreciate it. Congressman Thank Chris you. Stewart, appreciate Thank you, you so much. hosting us today. Leader McCarthy, thanks so much for joining us on Inside Sources today. Well, thank you, and thank you for all your service. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Very good. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk leadership and what that really means to the country. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.